Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call. To join Allworth's Money Matters, call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to Allworth's Money Matters. I'm Scott Hansen. I'm Pat McLean. Glad you are with us today as we talk about financial matters. Both myself and my co-host here, Pat, we're both financial advisors, certified financial planner, chartered financial consultant. We spend our weekdays with people like yourself, and we broadcast on the weekends uh, to be your financial advisors on the air. So our objective is to help you make good choices with your finances, to keep you from avoiding costly mistakes, having some financial independence in your life. And it's a call-in show. Yes, it's a call-in show. We we take calls from real people with real questions, with real issues, and real answers. And the reason I state that is you will hear us some commentary, but we do like to take the calls. Um, yes, which but we is, like to have some commentary, too. It's correct, but I, I, I am a big um, fan of talk radio. I'm not, I'm not going to—I like doing it. I like listening to it, um, but— I, on the weekends, I do listen to some financial. You do. I try. I can't stomach it. It and oftentimes they're just hour-long commercials with the same old on and on and on and on and on. You know, and the interesting thing is because I'm from the industry, I know what they're they're trying to sell, um, and oftentimes they're indexed annuities or uh, life indexed insurance. life insurance uh, disguised as investments, which is some of these. Uh... <laughs> The ways the insurance company come up with different ways to sell the product are just phenomenal. It is. It is. It's actually. And by the way, just going to put it out there. You have the same access to all the same investment vehicles that a life insurance company does. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Traded REITs. Stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs. Pretty much. Maybe they could have direct mortgages and you've got to. By a mortgage through a pool or something. But. Yeah, but so there's just I tell you, there, so um, there's a co- a little bit more cost advantage in their purchasing power. Some assets, but, and we 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 should expect our insurance costs in every year that we have insurance to go up. Not just life insurance, but homeowners. Whether or not you're in a flood or fire zone, like regardless, expect those costs to go up for a couple of reasons. Well, the reason I was going to say is it's the financial markets, the insurance companies. They are in the business of paying out claims, right? <laughs> you take a large pool of people, spread the risk amount. We all pay a little bit each month or each year. When some the calamity happens, our house burns down, we die, whatever, uh, that they, they go to the reserves that they've collected from all the premiums and they make out those claims. Well, it used to be that insurance companies could earn pretty good money on the reserves. Yes. Right? Because most of their portfolios is fixed income. It wasn't that many years ago you could earn 4% on savings. Five percent, yeah. And now, next to nothing. Next to nothing. And if they have to pay out claims in the next within the next year, you think they're taking risks with those dollars? Well, and then there's another step behind that, which is called reinsurance, which insurance companies actually insure what they've insured. Reinsurance, right? It does sound funny, doesn't it? <laughs> well, well, just, the first time I learned about reinsurance, I'm like, what? It's an insurance company getting insurance on themselves. <laughs> Correct. On on catastrophic claims yeah. like wildfires and yeah. tornadoes. And um, so w- w- I agree with you, Scott. I would expect that you would see uh, cost of insurance go up. So we've got that going for us. Yeah. Well, and and this, what was the second reason? You said two reasons. Oh, just the, the number of uh, claims that we're oh. seeing nationwide. Nationwide, it's this, it's a big year for claims, uh, on all across the board. Across the yeah, it isn't isolated. It's even interesting. Like last year, there were more fatalities, automobile fatalities, than the previous calendar year, and people drove so many fewer miles. Yeah, I couldn't, I did, I couldn't figure that out myself. Didn't you ever have any days in the freeway when no one's around and you put the pedal to the metal? I mean, that's what was happening. Right? <laughs> yeah, people be- drove faster, recklessly. Yeah, I mean that's uh, it's uh, anyway. So we got that to look forward to. Make us happy there. <laughs> there we go. These low interest rates, um, they have ripple effects. Yeah. Well, positive and negative. Correct. Right. Positive and negative. It it has certainly helped help the housing markets. 
certainly helped. It oh is. It helped corporate America. Anyone that's borrowing, it helps. Anyone that's lending, yeah, savers, yeah, even uh, insurance companies, investors, yeah, insurance companies are lenders. On safe assets, safe assets, it's a challenge. Yes. All right, let's. um, But we're we're going to take some calls. um, But also, just want to if you want to join the program, the number to call are one eight three three ninety nine worth. I find it ironic. You think of the 800 number was the, was, everything was 800, and then we ran out of 800 numbers, so they came up with 888 and 877. Now we're at 833. But what's the cost of a long-distance phone? Like my cell phone, which I, I don't, I have no landline any longer. Mm-hmm. We have one, only because it's cheaper to actually keep the landline attached to our something phone bill in the house tied to a cable or something like that. I, I mean, take that back. There's a landline that exists. I have no phone hooked up to it. And I, I was thinking about it this morning. There's still an answering machine <laughs> message somewhere. There's got to be thousands of messages. And uh, I tell every few months, I tell my wife, like, and actually I went online to, to change, do something. But because it was when we moved into the house 18 years ago, my wife was the one who set up the cable and so I'm not allowed to access. Which is quite a <laughs> hilarious thing, right? <laughs> That's the funniest thing. <laughs> like, like the phone company, you can't access as your your spouse. I've had the same thing. But but people can break in and steal their data. But you can't. That's what, yeah. Because there's a big, so there's a lot of to, crime. A lot of crime around I just people wanna, hacking people's phone I just want to change my greeting saying, you've reached the Hansons. We don't listen to this message. Call my cell. If you don't have my cell number... Good luck to you, you know, something along those lines. But anyway, my point is, I don't know why we still have, but but anyway, now it's 833-99-WORTH to join the program. 833-99-WORTH. Numerically, it's 833-999-6784. And we're going to start off with, in New Jersey, talking with Karen. Karen, you're with All Worth's Money Matters. Hi, thank you so much for taking my call. Yes. Um, I think I have a pretty simple question, but um, I'll just lay it out for you here. My um, husband is planning to retire in August of next year. He'll be 62, and he will retire from his union job and start collecting his pension. And he's been able to save 130, around 130 in annuity, and we're just trying to figure out the best thing to do with that money. Karen, is this an annuity? Um, is this like part of a four hundred one k payroll deduct through work, or is this on the side? And, or is and he a, a union laborer and they've been putting money into this particular account? Yes, that's he, the case. He's yes. a union laborer, so they, it, it 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 they call it an annuity, but for all intents and purposes, you can think about it as a 401k retirement or an IRA, a retirement savings account. It's just how okay. when, when he works a prevailing wage job, they put in X amount of dollars per hour that he works, correct? That's right. Okay. So when the rest of the listeners hear annuity, uh, that's what annuity, they call it, it intern, internally, but it's not a commercial <laughs> annuity, if you will. And he, so okay. he's, he's retiring in 62 – are you are you confident that you are prepared for retirement? That you have enough dollars saved? Um, well, I'm not going to retire, so I'm going to continue working, and I'll have a full income, and we have no mortgage. Um, Good so, for you. And he will do he will do some work, um, you know, part time work as well. And do you have any but money? Sa- um, I'm sorry. Do you have any money saved outside of this um, retirement savings plan? Um, no, but we're hoping that that's what we can do as I continue to work. I mean, I am saving in my HSA, building that up for retirement, but, uh, that's it right now. And so you're going to keep working. He's going to do part-time work. Your best bet is to let these dollars continue to grow, um, as long as possible, right? What was his income? What, what, what will his income be for the year 2021? Um, probably somewhere between 40 and 50. And what will his pension be? He will collect, I believe it's about 800 a month. 
And then he's eligible for Social Security as well. Do you know what? Uh, Which, right, but we will wait on that one. And what, do you, what would his Social Security be if he retired today at age 62? Do you know what the payout would be on a monthly basis? Not that he should take it, um, but what would it be? Right, right. I believe it's maybe seven or 800 as well or something like that. Yeah. Probably Our a little higher than that. Yeah, it's probably, my, my guess is it's probably around uh, 1,200. Well, the, uh, I'm the, not sure. We, we, I looked at that, but you know, there's so many numbers they go in and out of my head. So I mean, but, yeah, I mean, the, let the thing about his. Go ahead. No, the longer you can let these dollars grow, the better off you're going to be because you, you, it's not like you've got an abundance of retirement savings right now, right? You're still right. planning on working, mm-hmm. which is good. He's probably going to do some of this, some some sort of part time. If you can avoid tapping these dollars for as long as possible, you'll be setting yourself up for a more secure retirement in the future. And how should they invest right. it? And what should they do, Scott? Well, I mean, I, there's, I see no benefit in leaving it in this uh, union plan. You can transfer it out into a, uh, what's called an, an IRA. An IRA is not an investment. It's just how we title an account. You mentioned an HSA. HSA has some tax benefits, and it's used for a particular purpose, right? IRA is a similar yeah. type of thing. So an IRA rollover, you can set up an account through a financial any, – most any financial institution for that matter, and you can in, invest it in a variety of different types of things. But with the IRA, it maintains its tax-deferred nature. So when you transfer it to an IRA, there's no tax consequences by doing so. And you can let it continue to grow, and you'll only be taxed when the dollars are withdrawn in the future. Uh, and he doesn't technically. He doesn't have to touch any of it until he hits age seventy-two. Okay. And I would put that's, it in a. That's por- great. I'd put it in a portfolio that was approximately sixty percent uh, stocks, and forty percent bonds and cash. And you should seek out professional advice to allocate the portfolio. Right. That was the next question. Um, so with the you know the world the way it is, and we're just both concerned you know, like everyone, that things could really crash. And if things crash, you know, we lose it all. And so part of a part of our thinking is we'd like to have that money put it into a savings account, but we know that it would be we'd have to pay a lot of tax on the money and we wouldn't make a lot back. But it would be safe. And so that's our thought. Well when so when you say lose it all like, I don't know anyone who, even if they were 100% in stocks in the financial crisis, lost it all if they were diversified. So just to kind of give an example, the Dow, and the markets have been volatile lately, clearly. The, the Dow is roughly, what, 33,000, 34,000, somewhere in there. When I started in this okay. industry in July of 1990, the Dow was at about 2,300 Right, twenty three hundred. That was the okay. those thirty companies that make up the Dow Jones Industrial Average. So it's it grew from okay. twenty three hundred to thirty three thousand over the last thirty years. Now, along with that, there's been some horrible periods, right? Like the financial crisis right. market, the stock, broad stock market fell over fifty percent. It was a nasty short term temporary experience. Same thing with the dot com uh, implosion that we had in two thousand. There was a three year period where very challenging for investors. But those who were diversified, the accounts dropped 45%, uh, just the, their stock portion over that time. But then over the longer period of time, those those setbacks, are they've always been temporary. And they've always been um, – what's followed has always been another kind of bull market where the markets are heading to, to new highs. Now, I clearly agree with you that we will see a downturn. We just don't know when. But they, they're going to come. So part of the key is making sure your investments are set up in such a manner to accomplish a couple of things, Karen. One is to, is to have some cash available should you need some dollars. So fully agree with you having some in some safe type investments makes sense. What, if you needed to get a new car or a new roof for the house or whatever, if, in case you need to tap upon those, you want to be able to have that. But it, dollars that you're not going to spend for five plus years, I see greater yeah. risk and having it somewhere that's not even going to keep up with inflation, then having it somebody gets the highest probability of, of, of a good return. And what stocks do, or equities, is they protect you from inflation. But there is volatility. But 
Remember, you and your husband don't need to take any money out of this until you're age 72. And even then, if you have 40% of the portfolio in bond, let's say the market's down, you don't sell the, 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 the stocks. You sell the bonds to take money out of the account. You don't take it out all at once. You take out a little at a time. So you'll be well served over the rest of your life to have a portfolio that has some exposure. Your natural tendency is, I don't want to lose anything, but what the danger is, is you lose purchasing power. And by the way, you said that you'll know you have to pay taxes. You can put an IRA, open an IRA, and you can put a savings account in that IRA. Yeah, you can have a savings account. My my IRA has a portion in savings. Not very much, but there's a tiny bit in there that's in in a, in a, in a FDIC insured account. Okay, so it's a all in one account. all in one account. You could have a variety of things. So all in one IRA rollover, okay. you could have whatever portion you feel comfortable to have it in an FDIC insured uh, account, and then you can invest in a variety of, of things beyond that. Okay, that makes sense. So there's one last one last thing. Um, so I don't know. There's people talking about like the banking industry crashing and stuff like that. So if, if something really really bad happened like that, everybody would just I mean, you know, so it's an interesting point. And, right? and for Pat and I've been doing this radio program for 26 years. And for those that were listening during the financial crisis, our mantra at that time was pretty much, look, if everything goes to zero, if, if, if the 500 largest companies, in the United States all go, their value goes to zero, it's not going to matter mm-hmm. where it's a reset, right? You're going to hope you have a lot of guns, and maybe a little bit of gold or something, right? That's where, I mean, if things, if every large company, the value goes to zero, it's a reset for everybody. And the, okay. uh, the probability okay. of that happening, I, I mean, come on. Like, I guess we've okay. saw it with Russia 20-some okay. years ago. But then again, it was a completely socialistic uh, society. I mean, well, I certainly don't expect that. And we won't right? be completely socialistic for a number of years still. <laughs> Probably three. <laughs> three? Yeah, that's not that many, right? Oh, I'm joking. I'm joking. So. I'm joking. We appreciate the call. No. All right, Karen. It, it, could, it could happen. We, so. we, but at any rate. All right. We um, wish. We so wish. It sounds like the best thing to do is to go ahead and put this money, take it out of where it is, put it in an IRA. Yeah. Um, and don't and make sure it's diversified and have a portion of it for savings for cash. Use a yeah. professional and absolutely do not buy an annuity from anyone at the bank or anyone that wants to sell you an indexed annuity or life insurance. Do not do that, please. Um, please. Okay. So that, I need to use a perfect, I won't do well, that. Well, you could do it yourself, but. She shouldn't do it herself. No, I think you'd be well served by having someone else guide you. I have a professional. And it's, it's not, it's, it's, it's in part of making sure it's set up properly based upon not only your goals, but also with your what your needs are. It's also a part of some education, so you can have a, a decent. Not, not not that you need to become an expert in these areas, but if you have some underlying knowledge of what's going on, it gives you some greater confidence. You can make better decisions, right? So having some sort of education. Yes. But then it's also it's the guidance when when that downturn comes and every news report makes it feel like everything's going to zero and you you wake up in the middle of the night thinking, Oh my gosh, our, our entire retirement savings is going to be wiped out if we don't do something. It's having that advisor who can help kind of again, educate at that time, reassure and help guide you through those periods. And frankly, probably help okay. you increase your stock position when things are down. But Okay. So, so when you say professional, how would I look for a professional, um, for this type of service? Like, would I go to like um, Advantage or uh, what's the name? Fidelity. I think I've, de- I've dealt with Fidelity before. Well, I, don't I mean, know anyone personally, but one thing the uh, Certified Financial Planning Board, of, uh, board has a, a search. You can search looking for a Certified Financial Planner in your area. That'd be one place to start. But another is just talking to some friends and saying, hey, do you have any financial advisors that you've, that you've worked with that you feel confident about? That's having someone okay. a, a, a friend family member might might be might be helpful a financial advisor okay that's very good all right very karen thank appreciate the call thank you i wish, certainly appreciate it all right good glad you called uh wish you well and uh retirement comes up quickly sometimes
Yes. I turned 55 recently, and it's... Happy birthday. Thank you. But it's... Um, I mean, it, it's important. And the, you know the amazing thing, Pat? We've, we've, we've been in this industry a long time. Um, and sometimes we have people come to us that have not done... They, cut, get, they end up in retirement with not much in savings, and they want to know how we can help them. And? There's not a lot we can do. Yes. I mean, you can, you can tell them the obvious, downsize your home, move to a less expensive, change your standard of living, which, by the way, most of the time they do not want to hear. And getting to the point at where you've got some sort of um, financial security at retirement takes years of discipline and consistency and some risk tolerance. You're going to have to live with it. That is just, it's delayed gratification. You know, somebody just comes to, to, and again, it comes back to education. One of the reasons we've done this show for for years, and if you've been on our website, allworthfinancial.com, there's lots of educational uh, tools there. It's the, the more you can understand the financial markets, and it really comes down to, it's not, it's not, I mean, the financial markets is part of it, but human nature is part of it. And understanding what drives markets short term, what drives you personally, maybe you and your spouse, what are those, those areas that um, you need to watch out for as investors? Because putting together a portfolio is the easy part. Also, that's your spending and savings plan. So along that topic, I was on Amazon uh, looking for a book this last week. And I just for fun, I typed in your name. And uh, and looked at the book Decision Points, which uh-huh. you wrote, and then I ran. I read the reviews, and um, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sugarcoat this. I read the neg. Uh oh, my ego. <laughs> but I got to kick out of the negative reviews, right? So this is a, the book. Too simplistic. <laughs> too simplistic. Okay. It was written by a guy. He said, I have an advanced degree. I found this book way too simplistic. And you're Good like, for you. Good for you. That's what I thought. I thought, <laughs> well, exactly. If I want to read a book on epidemiology, <laughs> Correct. I'm going to want COVID for dummies, epidemiology for dummies. Like, help me start at the basic because it's an area that I haven't paid that close attention to. Right. I'm, yeah. Like I read a book on uh, health and it was Bill Bryson's The Guide to the Human Body. Pretty simplistic. <laughs> okay. If you've gone to medical school. <laughs> right. You've got four limbs. <laughs> well, I talked about how the pancreas works. It's a great book, how the pancreas works and what it does and how what your liver does. And you don't have to be a molecular biologist oh, no, to understand look, it. It was written for Pat McLean. It was like, yeah. okay, the guy that never paid any attention in his high school biology class, here's your book. Right. So anyway, so your book, Decision Points, and I got a kick out of two of them were like too simplistic. I thought, of course. (laughs) Frankly, that's one of our that is one of our core values as an organization. Simplicity. We try to keep our things simple. We want our education tools to be simple for clients. We want our communication to be simple, our vocabulary frankly, to be somewhat simple so people can understand. We want people, we want to help people, You not cor- show off our knowledge. You corrected me a couple of weeks ago on this very radio show when I said, well, that's what they refer to as the risk premium. And you <laughs> said, well, that means nothing to almost everyone. Risk premium. <laughs> right? I do remember that, the capital. So anyway, if you get a chance, uh, it's, I'm going to plug shamelessly Scott, uh, plug Scott's book, um, Right, decision points. You find it personal on decision points. Personal decision points. Uh, decision points was George Bush's personal decision W's. points. Yeah, or was it the first Bush? One of the Bushes. Okay, it's personal decision points. We didn't Boy, quite Scott realize Hansen. that until it was like already down the path. <laughs> really? I'm not trying to copy the president's <laughs> personal decision points. The seven steps that you need to take to for your ideal retirement, and it was just um, updated. Oh, I did not know that. I should read it again. Fortunately, we've got a good team of people that did the updates because as times change, tax law changes, certain things change, that sort of thing. But sure. I want to let uh, let you all know that you've got an opportunity. As you know, we, we broadcast this program once a week, and we take calls we, that are pre-scheduled. But we're also, Pat and I are going to be in the studio on October the 11th. This is Monday, the October 11th. We've got a three-hour block that we're doing nothing but just sitting and taking calls, one after the other. Boom, 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 right? Um and so this is an opportunity, if you've got a question about your retirement, 
If you've got uh, maybe someone's recommending some investment product, you're wondering if it's the right thing, estate planning question, anything financial, anything financial at all, it's a great time for you to call. So Monday, October 11th, put this on your calendar, from 4 to 7 p.m. Pacific. Okay, so 7 to 10 Eastern time. And the Eastern people, they stay up late anyway. You look at how late these ball games go. It's, I can't believe they're still awake. So uh, it's from 4 to 7 Pacific time, Monday, October 11th. Pat and I will be in the studio. And to join us, put this on your calendar as well, 833-999-6784. 833-999-6784. And um, it's 833-99-WORTH. We're looking forward to taking your calls um, as we're in the studio in that time. Uh, right now, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll continue on with calls. When we come back, this is Allworth's Money Matters. Can't get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. Welcome back to Allworth's Money Matters. I'm Scott Hansen. I'm Pat McClain. Thanks for sticking around. Uh, 833-99-WORTH to get you on the program right now. And we are going to Manu in West Virginia. Manu, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hi, Scott. Hi, Pat. How are you? We're great. Really good, actually. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for taking my call. Um, well, I'm looking for some simplistic advice. Good. So You've come to the right that. place. <laughs> 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 yeah. Sometimes that's the most difficult thing to do, I guess. Uh, uh, in any case, so uh, uh, what I'm looking for are your thoughts on a uh, financial investment proposal uh, that I've gotten from one of the financial advisor on my old 401k okay. uh, that I'm, I'm looking to roll over. So I was talking to a bunch of financial advisors, and this particular proposal had a couple of things which piqued my interest, and I just wanted to you know, get your thoughts on that. I'm intrigued. So, uh, so this proposal, uh, it is well diversified, has U.S. equities, international equities, bonds, and REITs, and all that. But uh, so the overall 45 to 50% of this proposed investment would be in U.S. equities. And they proposed that that would not be any kind of mutual fund or ETF, but it will be purely formed of like 70 to 80 individual, individual stocks, stocks that they're mm -hmm. going to pick. Yeah, okay. that they're going to pick. And so my question was like, why not ETF? And their rationale was that they cannot control when they want to like rebalance the portfolio. They cannot sell or buy individual companies that they want or they think would be good for my portfolio. Okay. And the second thing that they said was that um, by using the individual stocks, uh, like I, I would not be paying the the fees which are associated with ETFs or mutual funds. I, I would be paying their their financial advisor fee, but not the fees with the associated with the funds. And what's the rest of the portfolio? And, so that was 50% equities. What's the rest of the portfolio? So that was 50% of U.S. equities. Mm -hmm. I think around 25% of international equities and then uh, bonds, international U.S. bonds, uh, and reads like what they call as alternative investments. And how, and how are how are how are the those other ones managed? How are you getting the exposure to the international? Are those through index funds, oh, ETFs? Yeah, for everything else, they said yeah, it would be ETFs and mutual funds. And what what are they charging you for this portfolio? Point uh, eight nine of the total asset. And what's the size of the asset? Uh, Six hundred thousand. So 90 basis points at 600,000, 89 basis points. So the price is actually it's, on the low end. Yeah. Um, here, so, well, you know, um, it, the question is, uh, I think, I, look, the, the, the bottom line is the reason index funds have become extremely popular and 
more money flows into index funds now than active mutual funds is because most professional managers cannot outperform the indexes. They can't pick the right companies to buy. They can't rebalance to the right sectors. I mean, like 80% of the time, they, over the long term, they do worse than the index. And maybe there's some outliers. It's just, so it's just this morning, like our portfolio, so we use, I'm being very transparent here. We use primarily index funds for our clients, but we have, and, and some clients want only all index. Some say, I like the idea of having some active managers. But just this morning, I was reading about one of the, our, our active managers, very small uh, portion that uh, is going to be, we're replacing half of it with something else because it fell from, it was one of the top performers. It uh, fell to the like third quartile for two quarters in a row or something like that. And I just, I'm this very morning, I'm reading this and I'm thinking to myself, it like, it, you can do all the screening in the world to pick the best manager, but the question still remains is, have they done well for 19 years out of pure luck? And year 20 is the one time when luck's going to catch up with them and they're going to be like the rest of the pack, right? And so invariably, if you look over the long term, all the studies show that it's next to impossible to outperform the index. So the, the portfolio, if you called and said, I had $6 million and most of it is not in 401ks, it's going to be an outside and they're building a, a synthetic index fund for me, one to mirror the index, then I might say that can be a great strategy because you've got much more control when it comes to, to tax your, when, when you trigger any taxes. And, and charitable giving. But this is all inside of an IRA, correct? Um, yeah, for his 401k. Yeah, uh, right, not his 401k. Yeah, yeah. so we, we will do individual stocks and we build synthetic indexes, as Scott said. Outside, especially we can build a synthetic index around a highly concentrated position that someone has in an after-tax account or even a pre-tax account for that matter. But that's, The idea is not to try to outperform the markets, though. The, the, yeah, the idea is to gain the greatest amount of diversification given the tools that we have. Including tax, which and, is your big – which is a big partner to us. And highly concentrated positions and individual equities that people come into our firm with. So we're, that's pretty advanced. I don't think I don't think you're But for when it's all I, an I don't, 401k. I don't see, I, but 60 to 80 stocks. I, I don't I I wouldn't buy it. Let's just look. I would I wouldn't buy it. Do you it. own anything like that? No. No, I don't either. Can I? Sure. I said I might be, have more access to that sort of things than Manu. And I I personally wouldn't want as high percentage in foreign stocks. Yes, you, you're okay, actually so, a little bit overweighted. And, and the reason is, after doing this long enough, the reality is people compare their portfolios to, if they're, if they're U.S.-based, they compare it to the U.S. stock market. So when the U.S. stock market's doing well, and you've got a big chunk in foreign, it's really hard to keep owning those foreign. You're thinking, my portfolio is underperforming. I should just have more U.S. equities. But the converse isn't. I found is not the same. So when the foreign markets are doing well, not many people are complaining. Man, I should have more money in foreign stocks. So it's that it's it's where that intersection between uh, what's what the fundamentals are and and human nature. And it's it's hard to di differentiate with, between what's U.S. and foreign nowadays um, versus forty or fifty years ago when asset allocation became the thing. You didn't have yes. you didn't yes. have as many global companies as you have today. What did the other proposals from advisors look like? You said this was kind of an outlier. Did the rest of them kind of look the yeah. same? Yeah, it was the um, same. Like more, basically more options. Uh, uh, obviously, that I would get from IRA uh, of using ETFs and and mutual funds, and and with different percentages of how much would be in international and such. Did, did uh, any did uh, any of these do any financial planning with you? Like, like when to start Social uh, Security? What your debt looks like? When should we start thinking about withdrawal? What are retired minimum distributions going to look conversions, like? Roth conversions, anything like that? What's this going to look like at age ninety? No, uh, uh, not really. Uh, so I I don't know if I'm a little far off for that or not. Like I'm forty one years old, so I don't know. You've done a nice job saving at age forty one. Oh, thank you. Yeah, excellent. And another thing that they mentioned, uh, uh, which was also interesting to me, is that they said the investment would be equally uh, distributed among 10 different industry sectors. So it would not be like S&P, which is 
that's silly. That's silly. That's silly. That's silly. That that alone, you're talking about these individual equities that this individual yeah, is talking. Yeah. That's that's it. That's, 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 that makes no sense. <laughs> that's what I. Thought okay. That makes no <laughs> sense whatsoever. You should have led with that. Would have been a quick answer. Yeah, yeah. We. I'm sorry to the rest of the listeners for wasting your time. That absolutely makes no sense whatsoever. I mean, like healthcare is what twenty percent of GDP, so we're going to limit that to ten percent. Technology makes up I don't know what percentage of the index. We're going to limit that to ten percent. And what about what's some industry that's a small? I can't think off the top of my head, but industrial consumption. <laughs> you're going to have something that's going to be construction or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that makes absolutely no yeah. sense. That is borderline okay. idiot. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. no, not even borderline. That's yeah. just idiot. It makes no sense. That makes no sense. At least they could have come up with and said we're going to have nine percent in this industry well, and fourteen percent, so like, or nine point two percent. Like there's some science behind like, it. We'll put a little spin on it. Because eighty nine point three percent of all statistics are made up. And there are eleven or twelve different industries. If you break <laughs> you know, it down, too, we're so. going to break it down to ten equally. Nah, run yeah. away from those yeah. guys. Yeah, run away. Pick up one of the other. Okay. I, I do think some finance. I look. I would sit. I would say lean with someone who's going to help you with the financial planning because there, as time goes on, there's going to be some decisions you need to make. And a good financial advisor, and with this size portfolio, you should get. You should get white glove financial planning. With you this. should have this advisor for the rest of your life. They should actually talk to you things about your HSA accounts, whether you should be deferring money in those. College education. Roth IRAs. They should be having all of these discussions with you, and you should choose an advisor today that's going to be your advisor 25 years from now. And you think, 25 years from now, I was on the phone with a client this morning uh, this morning that has been a client for over 20 years and she called and wanted $30,000 out of her account to give to a niece. And I said, well, let's talk about that because it's not 30. It's coming from an IRA. It's going to be $45,000 plus. And what does your niece need it for? And why are you giving it to her? And at the end of the conversation, the answer was, no, you should not take this money out and give <laughs> it to your niece. Poor niece. <laughs> but that's, but there that, goes that new car. But, no, but that's what an advisor, that's what, that's what you're yeah, looking yeah, for. Yeah. That's, 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 I mean, it's more than just allocating a portfolio across 10 sectors equally. And you're going to have, there'll be some time in your life you're going to have a complicated financial matter that you're going to have to deal with. You hope. You hope yeah. that's yep. right. I, I, I hope. That. You yeah. hope. You hope. So, so find an advisor. Another question. Yes, Go for it, please. Uh, so in the last uh, like two three years, I would say, both my wife and I have been maxing out our four hundred one k under Roth four hundred one k's, and also doing backdoor Roths. Uh, so basically, no traditional. So I was just wondering whether. Uh, that's uh, this is all idea. this is all Roth 401k no no not oh. this one I was gonna say, I was... say hundred thousand dollars out of 600 is Roth right. okay. uh, but I've been doing that for the last and like I plan to continue to do just Roth but would that be a good idea to what's, just do Roth what's, what's your family income um it's around three fifty to four hundred. And what's the uh, what's the tax situation like in West Virginia? Oh, I'm in Virginia, so Virginia tax. What's the top uh, rate? Six percent. Six percent. Do you plan? I I I wouldn't go all Roth. No, I I'm I'm a hundred percent traditional in my four hundred one k. I wouldn't go all Roth. Um, I would do in part, and the, in part because I live in California and there's the highest tax state and I don't, I'm any dollar I can this is, keep from California look, look, makes me happy. Did any of these advisors that you talked to, did you ask that question of? No. Okay. Well, <laughs> see, this is, so what happens is you're going to pay someone to allocate a portfolio nine tenths. You're going to pay them. You're ready for this $5,400 a year to allocate yeah. your portfolio. For that you should be able to get a, a financial You're advisor. You're going to get a full that. financial plan and then they're going to they're going to say to you I think you should, you know, split up your Roth and I, let's run the numbers. And what's let's this, run the numbers. What's it going to mean down the road? So my guess and is And every year things have changed, right? Tax laws probably going to change your next year. Income's going to go up, income's going to go down, most likely going to go up. You you need a, a full service financial advisor that is a financial planner. And, and my for, guess is that you and maybe guess. they'll charge 1% or 1.1 as cares? opposed to 89. 
Who cares, right? Mm-hmm. It's worth it. It's uh, your situation. You shouldn't go all Roth. I know that. What I don't know is what percentage should be pre-tax and what should be after tax. Okay. And I love the mega okay. backdoor Roth strategy. We'll see if Congress. They're going to probably shut that down. But I don't think Congress It's looking like they're not going to have the power to get anything done. So we'll see. Well, let's just hope the government stays open. Great. Well, thank you for your talk. It right. was very helpful. I right. appreciate, appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> Before we take the call, I'm going to pile on on that a bit. But uh, there's a good chance the government won't stay open. It's happened before. Yes, a few times. Yeah, and it it's all it's all political maneuvering it's right theater. now. Theater. Yeah, I mean, my understanding is the Republicans are saying, "Look, if you." You can use reconciliation to pass this through now, and then then you're going to have to have a, a normal vote on all your big spending packages. And they're saying, no, 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 we want you to vote in favor of this, and so we can use the reconciliation to ramp through all the other stuff that we want. It's all political maneuver, and I, maybe I'm getting partially incorrect because I'm not. Uh, you're not that. You're not a political beast. No, I mean I follow it because I find it kind of entertaining and interesting. I have friends; <laughs> it'll have some impact in my life. But I have a, a number of my friends that are political beasts, and meh. I ran into one the other night. Your friend Anne, who's a uh, oh yes, she is a political beast. Yes. <laughs> oh, come on, <laughs> negative. They they do listen to the she, show. She's, she's the a, most beautiful political yeah. beast there is. <laughs> she was so kind too, and I ran into her. No, but she's a uh, uh, played. She, she, she represents yeah. uh, certain politicians, and yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. what's that has to do with anything? But the government, and we'll go back to calls here in a moment. We've hit this before. It's a. I, I certainly have no concern about uh, our our bond rating falling, <laughs> falling like a rock, or the global markets thinking that we're not going to make good on our promises. Everyone knows. Yeah, it's just. It's all political maneuvering, so I don't worry about it. If it shuts down for a while, if you're if you've got a paycheck dependent on it, well, then I'm it does hurt some industries yes, significantly. Significantly, I remember last time they had to shut down crab fishing and deadliest catch. The show was put off by months and months and months. Your proud personally impacted you. You couldn't watch deadliest catch. <laughs> So dang it, they better not shut down. Take away my television programs. Obviously, I'm joking. (laughs) You know what's so funny about that? I swear to you, that is is how a lot of Americans would view this, though. (laughs) That's simplistic, right? That's exactly how. All right, we better take the calls before we get ourselves in trouble. Let's uh, talk with David. David, you're with All Worth Money Matters. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. My question for you guys is I'm, we've got a, a home that we've lived in for about five years. We're planning on selling it in the next year or two. Uh, this past weekend, I was talking with my brother-in-law and I was telling him, it's like, we don't have enough write-off because the capital gains is going to be probably a half a million or a little bit over a half a million. And, you know, he, he was saying, it's like, well, Take all your receipts from all the other houses you've owned to use as write-offs. Now, is that possible, well, or is that just un- no? <laughs> is that illegal? I, so, I, I had a uh, <clears throat> I had a vacation home that I sold a number of years ago, and uh, I had bought it. I, like, I've not not every home I, I've owned in my life has gone up in value. My first home I bought with my when my wife and I were first married in 1992, we sold it for a loss three years later. Um, most of the things have done very well, but I, I had a vacation home that I owned for a couple of years, uh, market turned and I was going to swap for something else. And so I, uh, real estate agents and they're talking with, with me and I, and I knew the answer, but I said, is there any way I can take a, a, it wasn't a big loss, but is there any way I can report this loss to take a capital loss on this? He says, well, did you rent it at all? And I said, no, I never rented it. He says, well, then what you need to do is kind of backdate a calendar. Just the real estate agent tells me. Okay. And take make some kind of re- like make some receipts and and make it look like you rented it the last couple of years. Okay. And I thought to myself, that's if fraud. this guy's gonna cheat the tax man, he's probably gonna cheat me too. Thank right. you very much. Right. Appreciated your time and found a different listing agent. But so it is a it, it it's a rental home for you. Is that correct? 
No, no, it's our personal. Oh well, then you're you. you do, who gave you that advice? My brother-in-law. Disown don't, him. Don't 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 talk to him again. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> no, okay. So, just, are you married I mean, or single? Kind of hokey to me. Are you married? I'm married. Okay, so yes. you can exclude as a married couple up to five hundred thousand dollars of gain when you sell a primary right. residence, and you can add right. things yeah. to the basis to that house for major improvements. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yes, any sort yes. of improvements you've done. Yes. So, yeah. and, but not and, little receipts and n- nothing with any other houses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> well, and that's that's about you know taking my five hundred thousand write off, but we have above and beyond that. You know, the five hundred thousand that okay, like you have a million dollars in game. Hundred thousand dollars, yeah, about that. Okay, so what did you pay for the house? It's got a, uh, a eight hundred, and, and it's worth one point eight. It's a, no, we what we paid for it, what we owe on it now is that's, totally different. That's irrelevant. What you owe on it? What'd you pay for it? Eight hundred, correct? Eight hundred. Right. What do you? What will you list it for for sale? One point five. Okay, and what improvements have you done for it, to it? Uh, we've relined the pool. Uh, we put in sliding glass doors where there used to be windows. Okay. Painted inside and outside of the house. Yeah, that's changed not changed so light much. fixtures. Okay. And, so capital uh, improvements is what – a painting of a house wouldn't necessarily be considered a new capital doors. But new doors would be a capital and improvement. And new lighting would – And new lighting would be a capital improvement. So – Add up all those capital improvements. So you're going to sell this house for $1.5 million. Are you using a, a broker on this, a real estate agent? Yes. Okay. We will. So, so you could figure that your your net proceeds will, let's say, $1.425 million. So you're at 625000 You need to find $125,000 in capital gains. You're going to have some capital gains. That's why he said 100000 of. You, you predict you'll have about 100000 of gain that you have to report, right? Correct. There That's you right. go. That's right. There's no way to avoid that. Yeah, that, that's what it is. Okay. You can't take receipts from some other property unless you, you want to commit tax fraud, which is entirely up to you. By, by the way, you shouldn't be calling, you shouldn't be calling a radio, <laughs> national radio show to, to, to share that either. Well, I just, just wanted to make sure it's like, eh, you know, I was listening to the station and stuff. I'm like, hmm, I just heard that. So let me ask the experts. So yeah, you're, you're the reason for my call. Just be glad you have that much gain in it. No kidding. Are you moving to a different area? Oh. Um, we're we're planning on it. We're planning on selling it, retiring, selling it, and traveling for a while in our RV. Okay. And uh, then deciding when, when and where we want to live. We've got you know uh, three daughters, and one lives in California, and two live outside of the state. And you live where? We live in California. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about that. Um, we've both, both, so Matt, Matt and I both started this business by, as financial advisors, we used to have hundreds of clients each, right? Um, and so we've walked many different journeys. This is not that uncommon. We've both had numerous clients that have done exactly, and some love it, by the way. And, and some hate it. And <laughs> one right. of the biggest mistakes that we make, that people make, and, and we've warned them, is that. If you plan on returning to the place that you are uh, selling right now, you might want a placeholder there, right? And a placeholder says that you have a piece of property there that you could return to. It doesn't have to be a primary Mm -hmm. residence, but it can be a rental property. Because what I have seen in the past is people get um, marked – priced Priced out out. of the the place they want to return to. They can't get back. They cannot get back. So – no, there's a problem. There's a, I, my own guess would be there's a higher probability of flat or down prices in the next couple of years than accelerating prices. But I don't have a crystal ball, and right. And there's no downside knows. in in the placeholder. So what that means is, um, I've had clients that say, okay, I'm going to get a motor home and I'm going to travel for three years and then I'm going to return to Northern California or Las Vegas or wherever, and they sell everything and then. They want to come back, and all of a sudden, the homes yeah. are up thirty or forty percent, and they can't afford to return yep. to the place they left. Where is a placeholder right. says, "I'm going to buy a house that I'd be comfortable living in, and I'm going to rent it out as long as I'm on the road." And that way, I actually and you're probably going to change your residence to uh, Texas while you're traveling, right? Correct. Um, there's, a, there's one city that no one lives there. There's thousands of people in the. 
post office box. So just just be aware of that, that if you're going to make okay. this move. Okay. And have you traveled with your spouse for more than 30 days in a motorhome? Yes. Oh, you have? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, good luck. And you're still married. Good luck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but the, the the point is we're we're not planning on returning to California. You, okay, well then. Once we leave. Okay. Just anywhere that you think you're going to yeah. end up, you might want a placeholder there. And see, that's what – because we've been looking at property in eras, just property, not and, a house. And, and, okay. and maybe you don't have to do it, like, immediately. Maybe you say – in the first six months, let's find a place and buying some property is not a bad idea. Yeah, but but right. don't don't wait three to five years. If you if you know where you're going to land, put a placeholder in that particular area as soon as possible. All righty. Ah, uh, okay, sounds good. All, All right, right, David, appreciate the call. Yeah, okay. Wish Thanks you well. for your call. Okay, hey, Pat. This just reminds me. I had a client years ago that he moved from California to Denver, Northern California to Denver. It was in the early 2000s. He was there for like four or five, five years. The house that he had in Denver, he had trouble selling. He basically got what he paid for it. Denver's a hot market right now, right? Right so now, it's just, yes. I'll- it's red hot right now, but it certainly wasn't then. He made nothing on that house. He came back to California. The house that he had sold had literally doubled in value. He had to settle for a much smaller home. And it was just, it was one of those things that you can see how, how real estate markets are, although in the financial crisis we had a big downturn together, and we, we've seen a big upswing lately, um, they're very individual. And each market acts has a tendency to act differently. Yeah, so we're about out of time. We've got our featured article on our website this week at allworthfinancial.com. Uh, it's about Social Security. Beware the Social Security, WEP and GPO. And if you're curious what those are, then... Actually, I don't want to be the... This morning, I'm listening to the radio, and the guy's just got some great... Going to tell me something? We'll give you that information in six minutes, and they plays a song. I'm like, how about you just make a good enough program so I don't tune off instead of trying to tease me through? But anyway, check out that article at allworthfinancial.com. And um, if you don't listen to this on our podcast, um, you can always get this via podcast. And if you like the podcast, feel free to give us a nice rating sometime as well. A good review. All right, we'll see you next week. This has been Scott Hanson and Pat McClain. This program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.